I'm Dr. Sarah Dill, and this is the Stressless Physician Podcast, episode number 68. Welcome to the Stressless Physician Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Dill, MD. Using my unique combination of coaching and mindfulness tools, I will teach you practical ways to reduce your stress level, feel happier at work, and create a better balance between your medical career and personal life. If you are a busy practicing physician who wants to design a life and medical career that feel good to you, you are in the right place. Hey everyone, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here at my desk in Santa Barbara. It is yet another very gray and foggy day. So for anyone who lives in coastal California, we are having what we call a May gray season where we have a lot of fog. And it's been pretty gray in April, hopefully June. We won't get June gloom, but as you can tell by all of our nicknames, fog in California in the springtime is actually very common. So I am doing a little self-coaching on accepting the fact of the reality of weather. I don't have to love it, but I can appreciate that it can be good for our climate. And if I get desperate for some sunshine, I can just drive inland about 30 minutes and it is nice and sunny. So it's good to know I have options. That's what I tell myself. So today I am going to do, I think I'm going to make this part one of a podcast on when to quit versus when to grit. And of course, the reference there for grit really means when to persevere. And there is an amazing book called Grit, which is all about persistence and perseverance. And it's interesting. So I've been reading this book on quitting called The Power of Knowing When to Walk Away, by a woman named Annie Duke, who is getting her PhD in psychology, but also spent a significant amount of time as a professional poker player. And there is a lot of science that looks at the science of decision-making and especially quitting versus not quitting, right? Sticking with the status quo versus quitting something, whether that's a job, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a hobby, moving, all sorts of things, right? Decision-making is often about whether we stick with something or whether we change or quit something. And for those of you who don't know, I, early on in my career, quit a lot of jobs. So after I finished my residency in dermatology in 2004, I took a job up at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Mass General, and I commuted for a year. And I just learned that I didn't really love commuting. Then I switched jobs and I went back to Brown where I'd done my residency. And I worked there for a couple years wasn't loving it. So I left and did a pediatric dermatology residency in San Diego, where I had first fallen in love with dermatology and pediatric dermatology. And then after that, I took a job at Kaiser up in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area for a year. Then I went back to Brown and I was the residency program director there. And 
was in clinic as well and did that for a couple years. And then for a variety of reasons, a lot of which were family based. And also the fact that I just wasn't really loving my life. I moved back to California and did private practice for a year. And then I quit that. And I took a sabbatical to figure out what was going on and why I didn't like my jobs and all of that. And that is what got me into life coaching, got me into consulting. It got me into a variety of things that were amazing and that have totally changed my life. And of course, now I'm back practicing part-time and I do coaching and I do some consulting for pharmaceutical companies. And I really love that combination. So if I hadn't quit, what was it, six, seven jobs in the first eight years of practice, maybe I never would have learned that. So I am really fascinated by quitting. I'm also one of those people that never knows when I should change lines in the grocery store. And it turns out there's actually studies on this. And the general recommendation is if you're in a line that doesn't seem to be moving, you can switch once, but then don't keep switching. Serial switchers, sort of like serial quitters, often don't gain, right? You'll be in line longer. And so I wanted to start to talk about this idea of when to persist with something, right? When to grit, which sounds good and in our culture is generally favored. The synonyms for grit are much more positive than the synonyms for quitting. So if you think about grit, we have words like persevere, stick with it, steadfast, resolute, uh, tenacity, stick to itness. And when we think about people who quit or quitting, we talk about giving up and abandoning things, wavering, vacillating, being unreliable, flip-flopping, all sorts of things. And so it gives you a little clue that generally in our culture, probably because of a lot of our cognitive biases that I'm going to discuss, right? We sort of have this negative sense of quitting and this positive sense of sticking with something, right? Doubling down, persevering. But the key thing here, of course, is to really think about what it is that you're considering quitting or persevering. The idea of never quitting is actually a terrible idea. And in fact, what we need to do is quit early and often those things that are unlikely to turn out well for us, that are unlikely to contribute to our happiness and well-being, right? That are perhaps things that we aren't particularly passionate about or interested in. So I think the better advice is to never quit something with great long-term potential just because we can't deal with the stress of the moment. There's something called the dip, and this is from another author, Seth Godin, and he talks about the dip is that part of becoming an expert, of sticking with a career, right, of developing your expertise or your business that isn't that fun, right? We start something new. We start medical school. It's all different. It's all new. It's exciting. And then we get into the, <laughs> the weeds, right? Then we get into the hard work part of it, and it's not so fun necessarily, that's the dip. So that is the point where you don't want to quit on something that you actually really value and want the end result of just because it gets hard. But what you do want to quit 
is something that is sort of a dead end job or career or life choice, or you want to quit something that you're trying to muddle through, but really you don't want the end game of what you're pursuing, right? So if the best case scenario of what you are currently gritting with, persevering through, doubling down on, if the end goal of that is not something that lights you up or that you really want, I would suggest that's a great thing to consider quitting and quitting early. So this book on quitting is great because it has a lot of research and science in it. And as you know, I love research and I love science. And of course, science just gives us some evidence and some suggestion, and we can continue to test it out. But it's really interesting to question some of my own beliefs about how to make decisions on quitting. And again, I just want to reiterate this idea that I really like is that success in our lives doesn't lie with automatically sticking to things. It lies in picking the right thing to stick to and quitting the rest. Again, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a job, whether that's a career, whether that's a location or a house or anything like that. And so I'm just going to share with you some of the things that I found most interesting in this book. And if it piques your interest, I would encourage you to read it or listen to it. So again, it's called The Power of Knowing When to Walk Away by Annie Duke, D-U-K-E. So one of the factors that plays a role in our decision to quit and that can make the decision about whether to quit or not difficult is our desire for certainty. Most of us really want to have as much certainty as possible about potential outcomes, whether we stick with something or whether we decide to quit something. And unfortunately, because the way the world works is we don't have certainty, especially when we decide to quit something. And Annie Duke describes this desire for certainty as the siren song calling us to persevere. Because when we stick with something, when we persevere, that is actually the only path to knowing for sure how things will turn out if you stay the course, right? It's so interesting. If you quit, you don't know what would have happened if you had stayed the course. And that uncertainty can be very uncomfortable. So for many of us, in an effort to avoid the what ifs, we might tend to err on the side of persistence, right? And perseverance and not quitting because there is more certainty for us there. And she goes on to say that, in fact, the only time you can be sure, 100% sure that you should quit is when it's no longer really a decision, right? When you're at the edge of disaster or the decision is taken out of your hands, right? If you're laid off or you're fired or it becomes such an unbearable situation that the decision becomes clear, right? That there's no longer sort of a wavering at all. But the point is that we want to make those decisions before we get into the situation where we are courting disaster or miserable or coping, 
An example would be someone who has trained for years and years and invested a ton of energy and time and money and is trying to summit Mount Everest or another extreme mountain. There is a point where sometimes you need to turn back, and that decision is very difficult to make. It's very difficult to see until right you are in such danger that often it's even too late. And imagine having to decide to turn around just before achieving your goal of summiting, and then you are left with this, what if I could have made it kind of thinking, and you can see how painful that could be. She also talks a lot about how the right time to quit based on numerous studies is actually when it feels like you're quitting too early, which is a really interesting thing to look at. So often if you quit on time, right, when you start to really get a sense that your chances of success are not great or the path you're taking is unlikely to be the path that you want to stay on, right? How often do we get sort of a niggling sense of dissatisfaction and questioning, like, is this really what I want to keep doing? And we sort of suppress it or we double down, we work harder. We tell ourselves that things are still going okay. And what she suggests is that we tend to rationalize away the clues contained in our present moment that allow us to see how bad things really are or how bad things are becoming. She talks about something called expected value, which is a way to assess decisions that I really like. And this is basically a technique where you ask yourself in one year, two years, five years, if I stick with my current situation, how likely am I to be happy or fulfilled, right? How likely am I going to experience the outcome as something positive for me versus if I leave or if I take a different job or whatever that might be, how likely am I to experience that as a positive outcome again in the future? So if you're in a job where you are already miserable and nothing has really changed and you don't see anything really changing, right? you might notice that maybe in a year, your chance of feeling happy and enjoying your work is unlikely, right? Maybe 20% if you want to be somewhat optimistic, depending on how hard you have worked to affect change versus the possibility that you take a different job, possibly, that has some uncertainty associated with it. You haven't done it before, but what are the possibilities there that you might enjoy it? You might be happier. You might have a positive outcome. And that can be a way of reframing our decision-making with this idea of expected value. So you can ask yourself out of the decision I'm making now to quit or to stick with something, which decision carries the greatest chance of increasing your happiness and feeling better? That can be a great way to reframe your decision-making. 
There's a fascinating study where people signed up to flip a coin to help them make decisions. So these were decisions that they felt were possibly very close, right? Sort of a 50-50 decision. And this was actually the research of Stephen Levitt, who wrote Freakonomics. And it turns out that based on 20,000 individuals and then follow-up, that if you feel like you've got a close call between quitting and persevering, statistics show that it's likely that quitting is the better choice in terms of how happy you will be in the future. I find that fascinating. (laughs) So I don't know about that. I often advocate flipping a coin because it helps you realize in that moment right, where you see heads or tails and before your mind gets involved, whether you're disappointed. So often it can help you if you really keep telling yourself, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do, right? Flipping a coin can be a useful strategy. And yet this would also suggest that if you are thinking about flipping a coin to make a decision, the choice most likely that will result in more happiness and satisfaction for you is to quit. And just to say one more thing about expected value, so that idea of running out right into the future, the current scenario you are considering either sticking with or quitting, is that expected value is not always just about money or your job, right? It can be measured in your health, your well-being, your happiness, maybe free time, self-fulfillment, relationship satisfaction, or anything else that might affect you and your well-being. So thinking about it in sort of broader terms. All right, I'm going to talk about two more things that I learned in this book that I've still been thinking about, actually, made a big impact. And one of them is about the sunk cost fallacy that as our human brain, we tend to have this cognitive illusion that we take into account resources that we've previously sunk into an endeavor, whether it's time, money, effort. So we we factor in these sunk costs, these resources we've already invested when making decisions about whether to continue in the future. And often this causes us to stick in situations that perhaps we ought to be quitting. And I've always suggested and tried this myself is to do this sort of Jedi mind trick, right? Where you ask yourself the question, if I was coming to the situation right now fresh, right? If I sort of delete the past, if I delete my knowledge of the time I've invested or the money I've invested or the effort I've invested, any of that, and I wanted to just make the decision again whether I should stick with this, whether I would choose this again. I have used that as a way to try to bring fresh eyes to a situation and decide whether to stick or whether to quit. However, sadly, (laughs) there's some good research that she discusses at length that this mental sort of trick to try to treat this as a new decision does practically nothing to reduce that escalation of commitment that we tend to have. So just knowing about sunk cost effect doesn't actually help us. 
However, there is something that can help us. And this is what I really want to spend a little bit of time on, and then I will wrap up. But this is the idea about making a decision ahead of time about when to quit, right? She calls this kill criteria. And this, I think, is very useful. I call this, in other areas, making decisions ahead of time, where you want to use your rational mind, your prefrontal cortex. You want to come up with sort of kill criteria or quitting criteria, right? Decision-making criteria. When you're not in it, that will cause you to decide this is a good time to quit. So when we're in the middle of a situation, right, when they're in the middle of perhaps a stressful situation or wondering whether we should quit, that is not the time where we are at our best or most rational. That is the time when all of these cognitive biases kick in. And so this is the idea of quitting criteria is to come up with concrete factors that If and when those come to pass, that is going to help you in the moment decide to quit for reasons, right, that you like, for reasons you've thought about, perhaps discussed with a colleague, a friend, a coach, a mentor. And so this is the idea of coming up with what are called states and dates. So you might say if in three months or if in six months, these things are still happening. Right? So states are basically factual circumstances, factual things you could prove. If this is still happening, that is going to be a reason to quit. Basically, what most of us fear in making a decision to quit is that that means we've either failed or that we've wasted our time, our effort, our money, So just thinking about that, think about the decisions that you have struggled with or that perhaps you are struggling with now. Isn't what is holding you back the fear of failure or being seen as a failure or the fear of having wasted your time, your energy, your money, whatever, your effort, right? And so I just want to end by suggesting that what if we redefine failure more accurately to be sticking with something that we no longer wish to pursue, that no longer is something that is likely to be successful or to bring us happiness, to bring us expected value? What if quitting something that's no longer worth pursuing is actually a success and not a failure, right? What if it's more of a failure to stick with something just because? Same thing for this fear of having wasted our time. That goes back to that sunk cost fallacy. Although we feel like if we walk away from something, that that must mean that we've wasted everything that we put into it. But those are resources, right? Those are time and energy that we've already spent, right? It's already gone. It's a sunk cost. And so what if we start thinking about waste, wasting our future as wasting the time, energy, money, right? Our resources that we have not yet spent. How do we want to spend those precious resources, our future time, our future money, our future energy? So what if we realize that spending more time 
or more energy on something that is no longer worthwhile is the real waste, right? And that's the beauty of the kill criteria of making a decision about when to quit in the future is that it can save you time and resources, money, energy that you would otherwise have truly wasted. So I'm just going to leave you with this idea about be picky about what you stick to. Persevere in those things that truly matter to you, that bring you happiness, that bring you fulfillment, and that move you towards your goals, whatever those might be. And I would suggest quitting everything else, freeing up your resources, your time, your money, your energy, your interest, right, your life so that you can pursue your goals and stop sticking to things that slow you down. So I'm going to continue to mull this over and think about it. I have a couple things I'm thinking about quitting, which probably means I am past due. (laughs) So I don't know about you, but hopefully this was interesting to you. And I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. If you are a busy practicing physician ready to start feeling less stressed, enjoy work more, and learn how to create a more balanced and sustainable medical practice and life, sign up for a consult call with me at saradill.com. That's S-A-R-A-D-I-L-L.com. It would be my privilege and pleasure to work with you.